This is the theme for the Minnesota. There's not as much production cause I need a smile to workload. The episode is mini, but the laughs are normal sized. And if it isn't funny, keep in mind it's improvised. Oh yeah, we're calling it a Marvel Minnesota. But that Marvel part's misleading Optimizing SEO Will we cover Marvel movies? There's just one way to know Like, subscribe and download The Marvel Minnesota and welcome to the podcast War Tennis Shoes, the podcast where we watch and rank every single movie on Disney+. Plus. And that's not enough for us because we go out and we watch more, including the ones that aren't even on Disney+, Plus yet. That's right, it's a Marvel mini-sode, and this is a Marvel mini-sode where we are actually doing a Marvel film. They said it couldn't be done. People said they're never going to do it. Well, we proved them wrong. We're here today doing a Marvel film. Do you know what Marvel film that is? What movie is it, Sean? It's Ant-Man, Quint-Man-Nia. <laughs> That's how you pronounce that, right? Yeah. yeah. Ant-Man yeah, yeah. and the Wasp, Quantum Mania just came out in theaters, will eventually be on Disney+, Plus, but we're covering it now, so we don't need to talk about it later. We just finished recording our episode for Journey to the Center of the Earth, literally like five minutes ago, which was a story of a family of scientists who go deep down far below a point where anyone has ever gone before and find a whole wondrous world down there. Who knew it ever existed? That's going to come out on Monday, but for now, we thought we'd do a quick little mini-episode, a little change of pace, and talk about a movie where a family of scientists go deep down, <laughs> far below anyone has ever gone before, and find a whole wondrous world down there. We are going to be talking some spoilers, so if you don't want any spoilers, go listen to the George of the Jungle episode. It, it was funny. We did a bunch of sports jokes. It was a whole riff thing that we were going on. Anyway, <laughs> what is this movie, Rob? Who's in it? Do you know? Paul Rudd. Yep. Evangeline Lilly. Yep. Michael Douglas. Yep. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. I forget the daughter's name. Catherine Newton. Catherine yep. Newton. Uh, Jonathan Major. Yep. Bill Murray. Yep. Cheaty from The Good Place. Yep. William Jackson Harper. The voice of Bubba Yaga from Ant-Man 2. David Desmalshian. David Desmalshian. He plays the whole guy, I think. Yep. Am I missing anybody? You're you're missing the, the big surprise, which we'll get to, but Corey Stoll's in this. <gasps> my God, yes. And Corey Stoll. <laughs> oh my God, how did I forget? The easily best part of the film. Rob, I know you've seen both of the previous Ant-Man movies. Bob, have you seen Ant-Man 1 and 2? I've seen Ant- Man, I haven't seen Ant Men, so I wasn't sure if that <laughs> would hinder my viewing of Ant People. Well, you're in luck because nothing fucking happens in Ant Men, so you did not need to see it. Bobby said that to me as we sat down to watch the film. He's like, "So what happens in Ant Man too?" And I was like, "Ah, nothing really." Michelle Pfeiffer was in the quantum realm and comes back. Yeah, that's it. Michael Douglas goes down to the quantum realm and picks her up. He's like, he has like a little bus. He's like, "Beep beep, come on in." <laughs> Leaving. Up on the magic school bus. <laughs> they go back to the unquantum realm. There is some foreshadowing, though, because in Ant-Man 2, when he goes down to the quantum realm, if you look very closely in the background of that wide shot, you can see the city that they go to in this movie. So they did set that up with a little kind of teaser in the last one that, oh, 
Looks like there's a city down there. What could that be? Turns out, that's where Kang lives. This is their introduction for the Kang character primarily to the MCU. Kang is a creation of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He originally premiered in 1963 in a Fantastic Four comic where he went by the name Rama Tut. He was a man from the future who traveled back to Egypt to become pharaoh using his future knowledge and technology to conquer Egypt, essentially. Um, the Fantastic Four defeat him in ancient Egypt and send him back to the future. Uh, that's later than retconned to be a version of Kang because he shows up again in 1964 calling himself Kang. And over the years, they write and rewrite and rewrite again the story of this character, eventually deciding that he is a dimensional traveler who has a bunch of different variants. The primary background from a comics history for what they're kind of doing in this movie and in the MCU is actually from the 80s. In 1986, a writer named Roger Stern published a series for the Avengers comics where he introduced the Council of Kangs. All the different variants of Kangs get together to banish the one evil Kang to Limbo. And in Limbo, this evil Kang creates Chronopolis. That's basically the story that they're doing in this movie. Yeah, um, for sure. But they're changing it to force it into the quantum realm and what they've done in the previous Ant-Man movies. Quantum knots, right? Isn't that what it was? Micronauts is what it is in the in the comics. Yeah, yeah. But they can't use that term because it's owned by Hasbro. Right, right, right. One right. of those weird things about Marvel. They keep licensing other uh, IP, putting them into their universe – and then when they that license expires, there's like huge gaping holes in their narrative that they can't even <laughs> reference anymore. One of which is in the Marvel comics, the quantum realm is called the microverse, but Marvel doesn't own yeah. that anymore. So now they have to call it the quantum realm. How do you want to talk about this? Let's we're gonna quickly go through this. This is a mini sode. Yeah. So Bob, why Real don't quick. you tell me what you thought going into this? What were your expectations? Were you apprehensive? You don't watch a lot of Marvel stuff. No, like I haven't seen any of the major MCU films past Civil War. Like I haven't seen Infinity War or whatever Thanos does. I've, I've watched a couple of them periodically. Like I think I finally watched Thor Ragnarok because I knew I was going to have to eventually see Benedict Cumberbatch in something and it was going to be in Spider-Man. So I had to bear myself with that mentally because I had a game for many years called Breaking Batch where I just thought it was funny that I had never seen Benedict Cumberbatch in anything. Took me until 2021, a week before No Way Home came out, before I finally committed to watching him in something. And it was kind of this thing where like for a few times, it's just I avoided him in things inadvertently. Like I started watching Star Trek Into Darkness, thought it was dumb and shut it off literally just before he showed up without context. Only ever <laughs> saw the first Hobbit movie. Um, never saw the rest because I hated it so much. Um, the closest I'd come to seeing him in anything was they watch an episode of Sherlock in an episode of Master of None. <laughs> I kind of went into this thinking I wasn't going to care about this movie. Um, and I left not caring about this movie. Met your expectations. Rob, what did you think going in? Well, uh, as you alluded to, I've seen all of the movies in the MCU. Um, I primarily have a good time with them. I was going into this with middling expectations, being like, it's Paul Rudd. It's a comedy. They go into the CGI world and they have a CGI adventure with a bunch of CGI. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen Jonathan Majors in... I started... Um, Lovecraft Country. I don't think I've seen too much of him otherwise, but he was awesome in that show. Like, it, after watching Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I wanted to go back and finish Lovecraft Country because uh, he, he's really good. Lovecraft Country is excellent, and he's excellent in it. 
I highly recommend it. It's unfortunate it didn't get picked yeah. up for a second season, and I'm sure HBO is regretting that now because Jonathan Majors is the biggest star in the world suddenly. Um, I guess it gives him more time to be in Loki. I'm sorry, I've seen Loki, so I understood that was setting up the next phase of Marvel films. So this movie was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed the first two Ant-Man movies. Uh, he is also famous for making Bring It On. He is also known for making um, a badass episode of The Mandalorian where he, he fights an uh, ice spider. People don't talk about that very much. Instead, they talk about the other episode that Peyton Reed did where he fights a weird computer-generated Mark Hamill that isn't quite as good. The movie is written by Jeff Loveness, who is primarily known for writing a lot of Rick and Morty, which I find so bizarre because Rick and Morty has just become a giant parody of Kang. Yeah. Um, the plot of Rick and Morty is there is a council of Ricks from all the different dimensions who plot together to try to stop the one evil Rick from overthrowing all the other Ricks. That's just the council of Kang. Yeah, it's exactly just a satire what of what Marvel did Jesus. in the council of Kangs. And so Marvel has now decided they're going to make a movie out of the council of Kangs. And so they hired <laughs> the guy who wrote all of the- The jokes version? The, the cartoon show that made fun of the Council of Kangs. It's very strange, but that's what they did. And Jeff Loveness is now apparently writing the next Avengers movie where there's going to be more councils and more Kangs. There's infinite variants. They can have as many councils as they want. I was not excited about the visual aspects of it from the trailers. It looks uh, un un unwatchable, okay. in my opinion. Like, it's all just CG. Yes. They're shooting in the, what do they call it? The vortex? The volume. The, the volume. Yeah, the whole thing is shot in the volume. It's just a computer-generated background, and they're just standing in the middle of a room <laughs> with, like, fake dirt on the ground. Yep. It looks really bad. Now, I saw the movie in 3D, which is what a lot of things Same are here. now. It's just because that's when you go to the theater. That's just what it is. And I honestly think it kind of helped this movie because 3D creates a layer of unreality anyway that kind of makes everything look stupid and phony. And so I feel like that kind of masked the stupid phoniness of the volume shooting. And so it didn't really look that much worse than any other movie that I watch in 3D now. You know, I mean, I guess it looked worse than Avatar Way of Water. But like, sure, I didn't end up hating the visuals as much as I expected. The reviews aren't great. It has the same Rotten Tomato score as The Eternals. This is better than The Eternals. I love Chloe Zhao. I... I I like her work. I do not like The Eternals. It's a bad movie. Eternals looks much better than this film. <laughs> but yeah, the movie's for the most boring. part, yeah. But yeah. it's not a great movie. Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I found it to be quite funny. You know, the other Ant-Man movies are reasonably funny as well. But I thought Paul Rudd was great in this. Very, very charming and very affable. Very relatable. I loved David Desmalchian and William Jackson Harper as the, the little quantum realm people. One of them's telepathic. The other one is a pile of goo. And they were funny. And then the big surprise... Corey Stoll shows up, the villain from the first Ant-Man movie, and he's now been transformed into MODOK. Yes, they did MODOK. He's a big floating head who has a chainsaw. <laughs> I fucking loved it. So what you were missing out on in your screening of the movie was Robbie <laughs> laughing as loud as he possibly could any and every time Corey Stoll was on screen. I was not laughing and as loud as I possibly could, Bobby. You were I was first, trying to. I was trying to stifle it. You were trying to stifle it, and you were still laughing louder than anybody in the theater, and it was so entertaining because he would try <laughs> to not laugh, and he would just hear like... <laughs> and it would just start again and echo in the theater to the point that his wife 
had to shush him and was like, shh, stop, stop laughing. And that just made him laugh more. He couldn't take it seriously. And like, the thing is, I know everyone else's review of the movie was like, how is it? And like, everyone else who saw the movie was like, some guy was having the time of his fucking life. No, I didn't miss that. I live in Toronto. Uh, Rob lives in Saskatoon. And yet somehow I still heard that because when I saw this movie and Modoc shows up in the film, there was somebody about two rows behind me who fucking lost his mind. And he spent what had to have been the next 10 minutes of the movie going like this. <laughs> and then he went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he just would not stop. I assume that was Rob. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's a dark theater. Would you Were you able to turn around? What I loved about Modoc is how fucking dumb he was. His big dumb face, even moments where he was just sitting there floating, and he just had this the dumbest fucking grin on his face the entire time, clearly playing it for a laugh. And nobody else in the theater seemed to get it. I didn't understand. I was just like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. They've taken the villain from the first one. They've made him a giant fucking head with a bubble butt and tiny little arms and legs on a floating thing saying, I'm MODOK. I agree with that. I loved every moment with MODOK. Um, I thought MODOK was friggin' hilarious. I thought Corey Stoll was great. I thought the jokes landed for me. I liked two other things. Uh, one, when Ant-Man goes into a weird, like, probability quantum realm, doesn't even really matter why he's in there, stupid plot stuff, he splits into a bunch of different versions of himself, and then he solves the problem by everyone working together and creating a giant Ant-Man hill of ants. Yeah. I thought that was clever. I was like, yep. oh, it's it's like how ants do it. Yep. And then I also just liked how at the end, giant mechanical future ants saved them. Fuck yes. Because some of like Michael Douglas's ants fell through a time vortex and it's like, oh, they've spent a thousand years becoming super intelligent. <laughs> oh. If you're going to have a deus ex machina, future space ants is the deus ex machina to have. I thought that was funny. Other thoughts that I have is that I didn't really care about whatever the fuck Kang was doing. I mean, if you're going to make a movie and the movie is just everyone talking about like, oh, don't let that guy out. He's he's evil. Just take my word for it. Oh, it's going to be bad news. At some point, I just don't fucking care. Everyone keeps talking about how evil he is, and I just do not care. I do not care about this character. Jonathan Majors is a great actor, and he's fine in the role, I guess, but I was just, I did not care about anything he was doing. And then at the end, credits teaser is that you see all his other variants, and it's like, and now here's Cowboy Kang, and now here's Spaceman Kang. Now here's Kang in a clown costume. <laughs> clown Kang. Okay, Clown Kang, like, if that guy comes for you, like, you're fucked. He's the most evil Kang of all. <laughs> Jonathan Majors was the only thing of this film I liked. I thought this film was really boring and predictable and very uninteresting. Uh, Jonathan Majors is doing very little, and he's very captivating. And that was something my wife had said, because I made my wife come and see it too, and she didn't really care for it either. Um, but she said the same thing. She's like, he was so charismatic he was so interesting to watch he's given kind of nothing to do and he makes something out of nothing i think the issue was just that like i did not care about the character because like there's nothing there he's just a dude who everyone says is evil and then he just kind of is like hey um i'm uh, do you want to let me out of here and they're like no <laughs> he's like well, okay but like but like please let me out of here did he actually die or now is he 
part of a multiversal engine now and he can just go wherever he wants? It doesn't matter. It's a Marvel movie. They're leaving themselves open to the possibility that he shows up on the planet where you have to kill someone to get the soul stone. Okay. Like the Red Skull. Everything is just like, we'll make him disappear. And if he's dead, he's dead. If he's not dead, he'll be in another movie. So Red Skull comes back? Oh, spoiler alert. This was like convoluted for me too, because like Rob and I went and saw Multiverse of Madness a couple of months ago. Didn't really care for that one either, but even my wife was like, so is this the Multiverse of Madness? I was like, no, it's the Quantiverse of quirkiness <laughs> i think they're two separate things but that's kind of the thing too is like it was kind of bothersome to me of like okay so now they have their multiverse where they can do whatever the fuck they want in and then they also have the quantiverse they can do whatever the fuck they want in so nothing's really gonna matter no one's gonna die because they yeah. can come out of one or the other they've got the multiverse but they also have the the variant timeline verse is that the same thing or is it different the ending of this the like the credits tease seems to show the Council of Kings being at the end of time from the end of Loki, where that Kang was murdered. And I don't know how that makes sense. I do not know yeah. what those things, how they relate to each other. I don't know if they know or if they care or if they're ever going to explain it or if they're just going to be like, oh, it's a different end of time. There's two different ends of time. They look exactly the same. Just like there were two gauntlets that we said one was okay, fake at yeah. one point. That was another thing with this movie was like that scene... The button on that of that multiple Kangs thing was I was like, no, you had this great performance and then you ruined it by having like 15 of them wearing dumb costumes. This didn't need to happen. <laughs> Cowboy Kang and Clown Kang. Yeah. <laughs> you thought one Kang was bad? <laughs> Wait till you meet Clown Kang. <laughs> Sitting on like on the top of the throne, like ruling the council. <laughs> last, thing, last thing I'll say, Sean, you catch the DOP on Ant-Man? Bill fucking Pope. Bill fucking Pope. Blank checks on. <laughs> yeah. That, that's exactly what I said. And he was like, blank check. I will say Bill Pope also did the cinematography for Shang-Chi, which I think looked a lot better. I've heard that's actually pretty good. I think Shang-Chi is kind of excellent. Um, this movie's funny, though. I I don't know if it's better than the first Ant-Man, but I think it's probably better than the second one. I would, I would agree with you. Although Wally Goggs is in... Ant-Man 2. I do like Wally Goggs, but he's wasted in that movie. Um, I don't know if I want to rank them, because it feels like we've, we have to, though. We have to do it. Bobby, oh, what fuck. are you going to do? We have to rank it? Jesus. I forgot to rank it. We have to rank it. Number 28. That is below the Three Musketeers oh, and above wow. Babes in Toyland, wow. because as much as they didn't care for it, what? it was better than Babes in Toyland, and I thought it was worse than the Three Musketeers. Bobby, you hated the Three Musketeers. Jesus Christ. Bobby, I'm so fucking fascinated. Like, it's 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 good that we have someone of a different opinion, and it's fine that you don't like Marvel films, or at least, you know, like the MCU stuff that's been coming out recently. I'm still shocked that you say that. <laughs> like, I'm still shocked. <laughs> I've seen ones I had enjoyed. Like, I've enjoyed the Spider-Mans. I have a soft spot for Spider-Man and I feel like they at least do something like kind of fun with those. I mean, I saw Thor Ragnarok and was, that's the one everyone's like, oh, you've got to love that one. Like, didn't like that one either. Had no interest in seeing Love and Thunder. If you did not love Ragnarok, you should not see Love and Thunder. <laughs> so I'm having a hard time breaking this because I, I, I'm trying to think of a movie I've laughed more at at than at Modoc, I got so much enjoyment out of it. I kind of had to put it high on my list because I, I, like I had States of Euphoria, I was laughing so much. To the detriment of everyone else in the theater. No, I mean, <laughs> you laughed so much I heard you in Toronto. The, the problem is, the problem is, talking about this movie, is that 
the jokes are so they're almost like in jokes the humor is so specific to having watched the other marvel films yeah if you just put us in a fucking dumb movie i'm gonna laugh at a bunch of the stuff i'm gonna be like ah yeah that's funny it's a reference to more spoons than soup ah. <laughs> but like that doesn't mean it's good <laughs> Just because it makes me laugh, right? <laughs> and so it's hard to, like, put it outside of that objectively because outside of the fact that I found a lot of it funny, there's not a huge amount to recommend the film, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I'm going to put it a lot higher than Bob. I'm sorry. It's going to be weird. I'm going to be one of those weirdo people that puts MCU stuff a lot higher. That's fine. Dude, I put it at 12. Where did I put it? I put Journey to the Center of the Earth just above Blackbeard's Ghost. I'm going to put this just below Blackbeard's Ghost. I'm going to put this at 14 then? Two below the other movie where a family of scientists go <laughs> very, very deep and find a whole world below everything they thought was reality. There you go. We did it. We did a Marvel movie and it's in a Marvel Minnesota. Are you happy, people? You happy? I feel dirty. <laughs> Tune in as something else. You're the else. one that called the Marvel Minisodes. You only have yourself to be mad at. I did it specifically so that anytime we do Marvel movies, they're small. <laughs> we don't need to talk okay. about them very long. I, I was happy because I got to watch Ant-Man the Wasp with Bobby and subjected him to another Marvel film. Uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to try and watch all future Marvel films with Bobby now in theaters. He's going to have to watch them. So tune in to a future Marvel Minisode when Rob forces Bob to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and ruins yet another evening for him and his wife, no doubt. <laughs> Until then, on Monday, tune into a very special episode about Journey to the Center of the Earth. And that's the show. If you have a suggestion for a movie we should cover next time, send us an email at thepodcastwartennisshoes at gmail.com. We can also be reached on Facebook and Twitter at Podwar, that's at P-O-D-W-O-R-E. And if you like the show, give us a good review on your podcast platform. It really helps us out. We hope you tune in next time. Thanks. <laughs>